Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium, supernatural, weather-repellent materials. The high-top uppers are moisture-wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology, and the supernatural rubber treads ensure all-weather traction, so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Nobody wants to be thinking about back to school already, right? I mean, didn't summer just start? I'm with ya. But it's not too early to be taking care of back to school vaccinations. Your kidney pharmacist can now administer most vaccines for grade school, high school, and college students, including Tdap, hepatitis B, measles, mumps and rubella, chickenpox and meningitis, as well as HPV, COVID, and flu. Kinney even has Buzzy the vaccine bee to help take the sting out of shots. See what's required and schedule at kinneydrugs.com. Hello, I'm Denny Somak, and this is The Rock Podcast. I'm a rock historian, producer, and best-selling author with thousands of interviews collected over the years. We just try and bring you the greatest stories and interviews as told by the artists themselves. On this episode, I'm very excited to welcome guitarist extraordinaire, Grammy Award winner, Eric Johnson, to The Rock Podcast. And this is a brand new interview. Now, full disclosure, I've known Eric for over 30 years. And in fact, I had a record label in the late 80s, early 90s called Cinema Records, distributed by Capital EMI. And I heard a tape that was circulating around and absolutely blew me away. I found out that it was Eric Johnson and that he had recorded an album for Warner Brothers, but it had not sold very well, so Warner's dropped him. Their loss was my gain. I signed him to my label, and he recorded an album titled Ah Via Musicom. That album went double platinum, which means it sold over 2 million copies. And the track, Cliffs of Dover, won a Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental. So you're going to hear this recent conversation with Eric as he releases two new albums, The Book of Making and Yesterday Meets Today. Both were assembled during the lockdown when Eric went through his own archives and stumbled upon countless outtakes, demos, unfinished tracks, enough raw material to fill two albums, and it spans 25 years of ideas that's remained unfinished. At the end of the conversation, you can listen to an unreleased track that I dug out of my archives. More on that later. So here is Eric Johnson in conversation. 
So you're ready to go? Sure, you bet. This is exciting. I've never really had the chance to sit down and, uh, and interview all this time. Oh, so well, I'm thanks, excited. Jenny. Thank you for doing this. First of all, um, you've been a very busy guy during the lockdown. You got two new albums coming out. And you just released a, a second set of, um, of singles from them. Give me a little background. I know this is material that goes back, what, 20 some years? Yeah. So what do you start going through the archives and yeah. what made you decide to, to pick this, that? What were the... Well, I just came home um, in early 2020 when the lockdown happened and just nobody was playing together. So I just went to the tape closet and started pulling stuff out and I found stuff that was completely finished some stuff that was barely started some halfway started just in all manner of of progression of you know of finished and and uh, just started pulling out stuff that I liked some of it was on cassette and some of it was analog some of it was digital and um, it, some of it didn't fidelity wise was a little dicey but I we did our best to try to EQ it and make it sound okay. And then I cut about seven new tunes for the record as well. What, uh, what band did you use for, uh, for the new stuff? The new stuff was uh, predominantly Roscoe Beck and Tom Breckline, although there was one cut that Kevin Hall played drums on. Right. And uh, Yeah. Okay. So uh, I notice uh, some of the songs I recognize as I've seen you do them live over the years, like Sitting on Top of the World. You, I remember 25 years ago seeing you play that. Yeah. Like yeah. Town Hall in New York, I saw you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, what made you decide to put that one on? Because that, that's a cover, obviously. There's a few well, covers I, on here. Yeah, I had that um, I had that left over. I, and there's actually a third record that's going to come out when you buy the both records and it's an outtake record so there's a there's a second version of sitting on top of the world on that yeah talk about that because you you get that do you pre-order the record you get a exactly. key or something explain how that yeah. works on like the the uh the cue thing the 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 two records match up for the thing and, and then you get a free download of the third outtake record whose idea was that well, I, I had the outtake record and I wasn't sure what to do with it. And so Blue Elon had that idea to do that. So um, it comes out, what, in two weeks officially? Yeah, on the 29th, I think. Yeah. Like now, you're not going to get a chance to, uh, to tour until your treasure tour, correct? Which is next year. Right, right. So what are you going to do between now and then? You going to do any dates at all locally or? Well, I have, I'm doing an acoustic show um, next Thursday, uh, this Thursday, actually, um, downtown at the State Theater. Right. Uh, and um, just been writing, I've been writing some, uh, I got about six new acoustic pieces I've written. So I've just been working on that. I mean, how much stuff do you have in your vaults? Oh, there's still more. You know, it's, I guess... I guess I've always kind of recorded two records every time I record one record and then I just decide yeah. what I want to put out and what I don't. And, and sometimes I think that decision is kind of filtered through my own subjective feelings and doesn't necessarily mean something's better or worse, but um, uh, so yeah, there's still stuff in there. Now, I, knowing your history, it, it seems like uh, you worked on these records a little bit faster than you've worked on records in the past, even though a lot of it was already done. Has your uh, outlook on getting material done changed over the years? Because I know you used to 
take forever to do stuff. I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still try to spend time to make it where I think it's good, but um, I think there's a point of diminishing return where you can just go too far, and I'm kind of trying to learn that. Is there any specific uh, meaning behind these titles, The Book of Making? Well, my friend Vince came up with the title, The Book of Making, and I thought it was kind of interesting because it kind of uh, insinuates kind of scrapbook but uh, or, or uh, you know, a journal or whatever, you know, so it kind of shows something that was started but maybe finished later or whatever. And then yesterday means today, it was that that was one of the new tunes I recorded, and I just thought it kind of fit the premise of the record, you know, it meets the day today's stuff with old stuff hmm. so you mentioned vince is that vince mariani yes and he yeah. didn't he pass away recently he passed away a couple months ago he had a major influence on you tell me about that big time yeah he co-wrote desert rose with me and um he wrote lonely in the night and he he named a lot of my songs like he came up with the name manhattan he came up with cliffs of dover uh came up with uh a lot of the, a lot of the trademark. He came up with that title, and he he came up with the font for Avia Musicom, and he wrote the liner notes for a couple of the records. And he's he was a very close friend of mine. It was sort of your mentor, would you say? I'd say so, because um, I met him when I was thirteen, and um, he kind of really helped turn my life around. Yeah, now, he's a drummer, right? He is a uh, drummer, singer, uh, songwriter. So it was uh, he was in your first band? Yeah, it was actually his band. It was called Mariani, and I played guitar in it when I was 15. Right. Yeah. You did one, they did one album officially, or was that a... We, we did one album that never came out. There was just a hundred promo records made, um, which show up on the internet every once in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we played some, we played shows around Texas and stuff. So um, some of the, uh, some of the other songs on here, talk about some of the others, your favorites on either of these uh, I like, albums. I, I like uh, Soundtrack Life. I like that song. Um, I think it's kind of pretty much kind of a trademark, kind of what I do. You know, it's kind of sounds like what I do mostly. And I like Love Will Never Say Goodbye just because it's a little different. You know, right. for me. Tell me about Move On Over because uh, that was, I think, taken from a live recording originally. And you, tell me it how was. that. It was a live Alien Love Child recording. Right. Yeah, that was that was one. I didn't even do anything to that, but put it out. That was complete. Even the mix. It was a rough mix that Richard Mullen did, and uh, I just put the song out. For those that don't know, Richard Mullen has worked with you on many of your. Uh, other records he also passed away a few years ago correct yes yeah and he he worked uh um on the first several stevie ray records and um very instrumental in getting stevie's thing going he mixed uh, a lot of your live sound too i remember he mixed live sound and uh and uh mixed um uh, uh, venus isle he did that record he did a lot of the records actually any, everything after Avi Musicom, he mixed for while he was alive. Yeah, yeah amazing guy, really. Yeah, amazing guy. Talented. Yeah. 
So have you been uh, yourself had a chance to see any shows? I know there haven't been too many lately, but anybody that you've seen or had a chance to go out and see? No, I haven't really been to any um, live shows recently. I know you get uh, asked quite a bit to play on other people's records. Have you done any anything any playing on anybody's? Because you can yeah, do that from a, anywhere, right? Yeah, I've done I've done a number of number of them that people just send me tracks and and I'll just play play a guitar track on it or whatever, which has been kind of uh, fun to do. Okay, is there anybody that you'd uh, like to work with that you haven't heard from yet? Jeez, I I love working with anybody. Um, well, they have to they have to be a great player for you to. Oh well, I, yeah, I I don't. I virtuosos always look for other virtuosos. I oh well, I don't know. I <laughs> I, uh, I I I like it all. I mean, I always huge Stevie Wonder fan. I'd love right. to work with him. But, uh, I want to just go back here. Yesterday meets today. Is that more just by the title? Is that more older or? They're they're both. That's, that's a brand new tune. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So are are most of the stuff on that record? Oh, newer, oh, newer stuff. Oh, well, that 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 title track is a brand new tune. Um, right. Let's see. I'd have to the uh, 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 farewell for now, or uh, the, until we meet again, or whatever the last the last track is. That's a brand new track. Uh, JVZ is a brand new track. Uh, Dorsey's takes a day off as a brand new track, um, and the others might be older tracks. Yeah. Okay. So I know you mentioned the guys that you were working on uh, on these tracks. Are there any one-off guests on any of these tracks? Um, Ariel uh, sang on uh, the, the Book of Making on the, the song "To Be Alive." Yeah, I saw her open for you last time I saw you. Yeah. Uh -huh. She uh, she writes some of your lyrics. Yeah, she wrote the lyrics to "To Be Alive." She's yeah. good, and she, mm -hmm. she has her own uh, thing in addition, right? She performs because uh, I saw her oh, open yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, she she does her own thing. Yeah. How are things in Austin? Oh, hot, very <laughs> hot. It's over a hundred degrees every day. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, the, the city's becoming so big, population-wise, uh -huh. and industry moving in. You've yeah. noticed the changes over the years. It's, oh, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's not even the same same place that it was. No. Have you been here recently? I have not been there in maybe 10, 15 years. Okay. But I was, you know, there plenty of times before that, but I just keep reading and yeah. seeing people talk about it. And it's just yeah. uh, just amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I, I'm probably not going to get a chance to see you till you come back to Florida because that's where I'm living now. Oh, you live in Florida? Okay. Yeah, right outside of Fort Lauderdale. So I'll, I'll see you at the oh. Fort Lauderdale show. How do you like it? I love it. Okay. I love it. It's, uh, I mean, better than Philadelphia right now, that's for sure. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When's the last time you put, you were, I know this is obviously pre-lockdown, but when's the last time you played over in Europe or played over in Japan? Oh, it's been over 10 years, actually been a long time so you're looking to get back there yeah actually europe maybe not quite 10 years but um yeah japan it has been yeah i'd like to yeah that'd be nice okay now tell me about these uh these mini lessons that you released what's uh -huh. the story behind that and you you're looking for well, people to download it and make a donation you want to talk about that yeah yeah that was during covid i was just trying to think of something i could do to, to maybe help people's technique a little bit and and maybe get them to 
to uh, donate money to the food bank. And How's that going so far? Oh, it was good. It went real well during all the COVID thing. I think they're still up now, so people can still see them. Yeah, but, they can. Yeah, I was I was doing them all through the pandemic. Yeah. Now you can you can go to them and you you can uh, buy them individually, correct? Yeah, I think so. That mm-hmm. I mean, that ought to do real well for you. I mean, if if people, I'm sure there's some people that don't know. I mean, you have track record of uh, the best selling instructional videos of all time. They they did pretty well. Yeah, they did. Are all your uh, original instructional videos still in print? Um, you know, I think the first two aren't, but um, I haven't seen them lately. They they came out so long ago on VHS. Right. So <laughs> I have I the know, VHS. Yeah. I don't know if they're still available or not, but I think I think there are ways people can get them. I think that they might be downloadable. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you've done um, live concerts, uh, you know, Austin City Limits. What, how many times have you done that? More than anybody, I think, I right? Think, I think four times. Any plans to, to do any other, um, any of those or any other television uh, things? Well, we're talking about maybe doing a, 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 do a video show of an acoustic set, but I haven't got formulated it quite yet. But yeah. Would you? On. Would you like to do that in Austin or? Probably, yeah, do some studio with live guests and stuff. Okay. Now, I notice also uh, you're on the cover of the new guitar player. It's the, uh, what, 25th anniversary of G3. How did that originally come about? Uh, Joe called and asked if we wanted to do this uh, thing with the three of us. And that was, you know, 25 years ago. And we we did several tours together and it was real successful. And then they just wanted to commemorate the 25th anniversary. So they, they had us uh, do, do that article. And um, there's talk of maybe doing some shows in 2024. Wow, that'd be something, huh? Yeah. Tell me about uh, some of the, the guitars. I know some of your guitars are available, commemorative. Uh, yeah. Tell me yeah. what's happening with your guitars, because you're the guitar guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's... Uh, there's uh how many there's uh i guess uh three three models that are the four models actually that are available with fender and um the latest one is a replication of my original 54 strat virginia and that's probably my favorite one that that's being made and i actually use one i i use one of the brand new ones and i like it are those limited edition? They only available for well, a period of time? They, there's custom shop limited edition, or you can get the production version, whichever one you, you prefer. So let me ask you a silly question, but what's it like when you go to the Fender uh, factory? Do they all go, wow, this is going to be great? Or do you go, oh, I can't believe I'm here? Oh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's huge. And there's so much going on. And I think they they... They see people all the time, so it's no big deal. But um, it's pretty interesting to see how that how that works. It's it's uh, and it's in different places. Um, the part of it's in Corona, part of it's in Hollywood, and um, yeah, it's, it's kind of spread out a little bit. But it's pretty interesting. You ever go to the Martin Guitar Factory? I haven't. I'd love to tour it sometime because that's right near my hometown. I've been there a number of times. Nazareth. Have you yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool place. Everybody there has, has worked there like for life. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> great. I'd love to see that. 
Yeah, well, you should. I think, uh, yeah, next time you play uh, Philly or Harrisburg, you should be able to get a trip in there, a side trip. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I'd love to do that. So let me get this straight now. The uh, the, the tour for next year starts, what, in March or February? I wasn't February, sure. I think. February. And you're going to be playing all the dates that you missed. You're making them all up? Yeah. And then you right. added some, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, mostly theaters, some uh-huh. clubs. Yeah. Do you have any plans to to play any any concerts or multi artist things? I know you a couple of times you did the crossroads uh, thing. Yeah, no plans right now, but I'd I'd love to if something comes up. Yeah, what um, what'd you like about doing the crossroads festivals? Oh, it was uh, it, it's cool. It, I uh, I was um, glad to be there. I I I didn't really. Uh, get a chance to be involved in it too much but but it was nice to be part of it well i'll tell you uh jy james young from sticks is a very good friend of mine and he told me he was excited to see you oh, i don't really? remember which one it was but i don't know if you remember meeting him but oh. uh, he he loved seeing you he was i think some of the members of sticks live in austin don't they that's possible jy lives in chicago and i okay. think tommy lives in la but i'm not sure oh okay so um, some of your favorite guitar players, obviously, uh, Clapton, Beck. What do you think of some of the latest stuff they've been doing? Oh, I think it's great. Beck just released a new record. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Now, if you don't mind, I- I'd like to ask you, because I know that Jeff Beck was originally going to appear on, was it Venus Isle? Yeah. That, that didn't work out. Any chance that something could happen and that may eventually come to fruition. Oh, I'd love to. I'd, he'd be, a, he'd be, a, I'd be honored any, any day for him to play on a song. That'd be great. Who are some of your other favorite guitar players? Oh, you know, from the past, John McLaughlin, Chet Atkins, right. Wes Montgomery, Hendrix. Um, I like Julian Lange. I think he's really cool. Bill Frizzell is really great. Uh, Ted Green. Uh, Doyle Dykes, right? Tommy Emmanuel. Now you, you're. Uh, I know from talking to various people over the years, and I'll mention them in a minute because I want to know what your take is. But uh, other guitar players have always uh, sang your praises. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Jeff Baxter. He was an early supporter of yours, right? He was. Yeah, he really helped get things going. How did you first meet him? Um. I don't know. I think he heard some of my demo tapes and he called me up and asked me if I wanted to do a, a recording session in the studio. So we went out to LA and worked together. He's, he's out doing a tour now because he has an album out finally. His, oh, own, his own album just came out and he, he was at the Iridium recently. He's just oh. doing sporadic dates around the place. Oh, how cool. So Steve Morris is another one of your big promoters. Yeah. Where, where did you run into him? Do you remember? Well, I used to see him with the Dixie Dregs mm-hmm. um, back in, when Electromagnus were touring around. We kind of were running in the same circles, and I was just amazed at how great he was and how great the Dixie Dregs were. Yeah, he's still talking. I saw an interview with him not too long ago, and he mentioned you again. He's always oh, mentioning you. But, of course, the big one is Prince. How did that come about? Because he helped you get know. the deal at Warner Brothers, didn't he? Well, supposedly, but I don't know. I never talked to him or substantiated that, but that's what I'm told happened. Yeah. So you never met him? Never did. Amazing. But he obviously heard or saw you somewhere. 
Well, that's what people say. I don't know. So let's get back to uh, a couple of things. I know um, I've never asked you this, and I, I sort of knew it, but I, I finally saw it somewhere. Where you feel that uh, Cliffs of Dover just came to you one day? Was it in a dream? or? or... Well, I just think that it was an easy song to write. And so I think it kind of just, it fell into place really easily. I didn't have to, to strain real hard to write it. Um, it took a while to fill in all the little nuances of it, but basically the whole tune kind of came to me just very quickly. That came to you though, like it was the early eighties, right? It was years yeah, before you was. got a chance to, what, what was holding you back from getting the final version? You just weren't happy with it? Uh, well, we, we, considered putting it on tones, but it was decided that uh, the producer decided he didn't want to put it on. And uh, uh, I guess we didn't get a good enough take of it or something. Big mistake on his part. <laughs> yeah, it might, uh, but it all worked out, I guess. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. So in your free time that you have, and I know you're mostly, you have a studio in your, your place. So um, how much time do you spend in the studio just screwing around? Well, I was spending a lot of time, but lately I've been spending less time. I've yeah. been trying to just kind of, kind of rebalance things and stuff. And and I'm kind of taking a break this year, a little yeah. bit from it all. Well deserved break, I would imagine. I hope so. Yeah. So you said you uh, already have some ideas for the next album. Have you started working on that, or is well, that going to be have, another collection? I have a of bunch of new. I have a I have a handful of new acoustic pieces, and I also have a, a handful of uh, songs I'm writing for like a straight up blues rock record. Really, I'd like to cut. Is yeah. that going to be all original stuff? You're going to do some standards. I might do some standards, but mostly all original. Any uh, John Lee Hooker covers on there? No, <laughs> but there's some. There's borrowing, <laughs> borrowing heavily from him. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you ever see him live? No, I wish I could have. Which blues players did you get a chance to see over the years? Did you get a chance to see any of Muddy, Muddy Waters? or I mean, no, I saw um, Albert King and um, uh, Albert Collins, and of course, BB King a bunch of times. I saw Freddie King a couple of times. All the Kings, right? You've seen all yeah. the Kings. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I know a lot of people cite Freddie King. Oh, what was, was it about his style? What was. So I know Clapton talks about. Yeah, you know, he just—he was just so uh, animated and so kind of free and and, and kind of—he had—he had such his, his own style, but it was so fiery and exploratory, and he was amazing. I got to meet him actually once. Yeah, but I was just a young kid. And of course, you know, BB King, you toured with. I saw that tour. That was that was great. He was uh, an that was an amazing tour. The two of you together. Yeah, he he was wonderful. Such a such a fine gentleman. Do you ever uh, do you ever see Buddy Guy? Oh yeah, many yeah. times. Played many shows with him. You play yeah. his place in Chicago. I have a jam there and stuff. Yeah. It, will that be not the next record, but the one after if you do the blues thing? Um. It could be the next one. I, I guess I'm just going to keep writing these acoustic things and see how they go, kind of figure it out. So you're one of those, uh, uh, you know, 
there's a few, but you're obviously one of those guitar guys. And I noticed, especially the shows that I've seen and, you know, even when I was in Europe and, and saw you there, I mean, so many guitar players come to your show when they get a chance to talk to you. What kinds of questions do they ask? Oh, you know, sometimes it's just visiting and stuff and I try to ask them what they're up to, but uh, sometimes they want to know where I got my chord ideas from, which is, you know, kind of like Ted Green kind of stuff. That's where right. a, lot, a lot of the ideas came from. Yeah, so you don't keep it a secret? You tell them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I saw a recent list, uh, Joe Bonamassa, 10 uh -huh. greatest guitar players, and he had you as number two behind Eric Clapton. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know that. That's really nice of him. He's a great player. Yeah. He's, he's done great. And he's a good singer, too. Have you played with him at all? I have. Jammed with him several times. Yeah. He's a real purist to some degree. Yeah. He Always doing, doing, I mean, he puts out so many albums and so many of them are great. He did that one album, you probably were, A Salute to the Three Kings, where he yeah, played right. covers of all the, uh -huh. that, was a, that was a pretty cool record. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah. So speaking of uh, records, what's in your record collection? Oh, you know, just all sorts of stuff. I, you mean old albums? I know there's, well, I know there's West Montgomery records and, you know. But yeah. What else is in there? That Some that obviously we'd all know, but what, any really obscure ones that you just go, I can't oh. believe this didn't get the kind of recognition that it should, but it's in my favorites. Oh, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of Miles Davis records and um, God, uh, Chet, a lot of Chet Atkins records. There's George right. Jones country singer yeah um, a lot of stevie wonder Joni mitchell uh james taylor i love james taylor wow yeah so i've got i've got his records and um yeah um merle travis i like his his stuff um django reinhardt and then i have like um benny goodman stuff and glenn miller and i have um I have some like show tune records, like like uh, <laughs> the King and I and South Pacific yeah. and stuff like that. Any Charlie Christian? Yeah, I have a solo flight record. Yeah. Right, and uh, some Les Paul, I would imagine. Oh yeah, got the Les Paul record. Yeah, I remember you got the Les Paul Award. I think it was at the Hard Rock in New York. I was there to see that when, oh, when yeah. Les Paul was around. That must have been exciting. That was yeah, that was quite an honor. So um, coming out of Austin, obviously, uh, you saw uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, where was the first time you saw him or, or have you known him? Had you known him for a long time? No, I met him when he first came down from Dallas and we met at Ray Henning's Heart of Texas Music Store. Um, he had just uh, quit playing with this band called Blackbird and uh, had come down to Austin to start playing, I think, um, just doing odds and ends stuff and eventually started playing with Paul Ray and the Cobras. Right. Yeah. How many, did you get to see him a, a number of times? Oh uh, yeah. Many times. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him around Austin a lot. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to, to play with him or did you? Yeah. Yeah. We played a little bit. And then uh, when he, when he started doing Stevie Ray double trouble thing, um, I played a number of a handful of shows with him. 
you ever see Johnny Winter? One time at the place called the Vulcan Gas Company. Oh, sure. That Actually, is... I, I saw him another time, but uh, the very first time I saw him uh, when I was 13 or 14, and he was just, he wasn't really famous yet, but he was amazing. Yeah, I know you uh, You also, you, you toured with, and he played, or you played on his, uh, Steve Miller, who people think is from San Francisco, but he's not, he's from Texas. Right, yeah, yeah. Have you seen him yeah, lately? Dallas, I haven't talked to him lately. Yeah. But, uh, we played a lot of shows together. So I guess you can't wait for this tour to start because I know you're, you live on playing live. I like it. Yeah. I'll just ask you a couple more things. Um, sure. So this record's coming out and you're going to hope, I hope you do a lot of press for it because people need to, to hear this. this. Some of the stuff on here is amazing. Well, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, we've been doing a lot. We've been doing a lot of stuff on it. Now, when you do, uh, what guitar magazines do you read? I know you, you, you know, I know um, guitar player and then acoustic guitar, but do you read them all or you, no, you don't I have don't. time or what? Oh, I, I guess I have time. I don't, I guess I don't read a lot of them really. I read the vintage guitar magazine every once in a while. Now, do you have a uh, an ultimate guitar search? Are you looking for any particular instrument that you would like to no. add to the EJ collection? No, not really. I think I think it's just a matter of trying to learn to play better with what you have. Okay, so for the guitar freaks that are going to hear this, uh, how many guitars do you have? Uh, I got rid of a lot, so I would say maybe I have twenty to twenty-five or something. So when you get rid of a guitar, what does that mean? You give it to somebody, you auction it, you, what sometimes do you trade it? What do you do? Some, both. I, sometimes I've done all those. Um, usually just try to, uh, you know, if I'm not giving it to somebody or, um, or doing it for a cause or something, I just try to sell it for basically what it's worth and not jack up the price or anything, you know? And uh, has it, have people given you guitars over the years? They have. Chad Atkins gave me a guitar. Wow, that must have blown you away. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, my father gave me a Martin. Right. And uh, uh, my friend Bill Maddox gave me an old Stratocaster. Um, yeah, I have I have a number of guitars that uh, my friend Gary Schiff gave me uh, a couple of guitars, actually. How many do you take on tour with you? Usually four or five. Does it uh, depend or is it the same yeah, four or five? Does, does it? Well, usually two or three Fenders and maybe a Gibson and then maybe a one acoustic. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that you'd, you'd be interested in this. I don't know if you had a chance to, if you even know about this, but a couple, few months ago, one of the first shows I went to see because somebody invited me, I didn't even know it was happening, was the kids of uh, Ginger Baker and... Uh, nephew of Eric Clapton and son of Jack Bruce were out on tour. Wow. How the kids that? of cream. Wow. Was and they good? did, they, yeah, they did uh, Disraeli gears in its entirety. Oh my God. Uh, and then they will, 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 um, will Johns, who I guess is Glenn Johns nephew. So that was uh -huh. the connection to Clapton there. Cause his I don't know, that guy was telling me the whole thing, but the show was very interesting. I'll tell you that. But wow. there must have been the typical, if you know the history of Cream, which I know you do, something must have happened because after a few dates, uh, Jack Bruce's son quit. Oh, really? <laughs> so uh -huh. The two of them carried on, which uh -huh. 
uh, and and again, it was something between him and Ginger Baker's kid, which I guess extends that uh, legacy because that was always their problem. Yeah, right. Oh, geez. Yeah, I did because I did get a chance to interview Ginger Baker, and and he always said he and Jack just they just never got along. Never. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, that's what I hear. Yeah, did you get a chance to see any of the uh, cream reunion dates when no, they did them? The, no, I didn't, didn't see any of them. No, saw some of it on you know at the, uh, the recordings of it, but I, I didn't see it live. And I, I guess you, you have seen the, the farewell, the original farewell. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was yeah. something. Yeah, sure. Wow. I guess we're going to look forward to the, the new records coming out and you back on the road. Um, where can uh, I know you have a you have a very uh, healthy website? Who does your? You have somebody that does that for you because it's yeah pretty uh, robust. Friend, a friend named John Bland does it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you respond uh, to inquiries that you get there or fan Every letters? Some of them I do. Yeah. Well, look, I want to wish you a lot of luck because I I think this is some of the best stuff you've done, even though it's some of it's older. But whatever you did to make it uh, magic, you did. I think you've got a, two of the best things you've done in, in a while, you know, uh, and I know you're going to have a successful uh, tour, especially after this uh, lockdown, but um, I want to wish you a lot of luck. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate uh -huh. it. You've got it. My pleasure. Thank you. You know, I'm a big fan. Well, thank, <laughs> thanks for all your help over all the years. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. Well, good luck with the records. We'll see you on tour. Okay. And uh, I, 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 thanks for everything. Oh, got it. Well, hopefully we'll see you. That's our conversation with Eric Johnson. As I mentioned, uh, Eric has released two new albums, The Book of Making and Yesterday Meets Today. And when you order physical copies of The Book of Making and Yesterday Meets Today, you'll receive the keys to unlocking access to takeouts, five unreleased songs and alternate versions of Good to Me and Sitting on Top of the World. Simply scan the QR code included in your order and then access the secret takeouts page by using the password provided in the album packaging. You go to ericjohnson.com and all the info is there. Now, in lieu of charging for these mini guitar lessons, Eric would appreciate very much a donation made to your local food bank. And I'm adding a bonus myself with this recording of the Star Spangled Banner by Eric Johnson. So thanks for listening. Tell your friends, especially if they are guitar players. And you can find us on Facebook and at the website, therockpodcast.com. You can also send your comments to me at hello at therockpodcast.com. So long.
Nobody wants to be thinking about back to school already, right? I mean, didn't summer just start? I'm with ya. But it's not too early to be taking care of back to school vaccinations. Your kidney pharmacist can now administer most vaccines for grade school, high school, and college students, including Tdap, hepatitis B, measles, mumps and rubella, chickenpox and meningitis, as well as HPV, COVID, and flu. Kinney even has Buzzy the vaccine bee to help take the sting out of shots. See what's required and schedule at kinneydrugs.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium supernatural weather-repellent materials. The high-top uppers are moisture-wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology, and the supernatural rubber treads ensure all-weather traction, so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.